Welcome to episode 98 of Cowboy Drive Free, the podcast. My name is Joel Penfield. As always, I'm joined by Philip Slavin. How are you doing? You know, it's been a it's been a busy, but it's been a pretty good weekend. It's been a pretty good weekend sports wise. I'd say so. You know, after and at least uh, we have you know we have a lot to talk about, but at least it's positive as opposed to you know the last couple weeks with some stuff when we've had some you know busy podcasts, but it was not things we really needed to really wanted to talk about. I guess is the better way to put it. Yeah, I mean it. <laughs> it's so much more fun when we have positives. You know, not not that negative doesn't allow for some some lessons learned and, and, and maybe to learn a few more things, but it's nice to have something fun to talk about. Like, I don't know, a win at a major hire out of nowhere. Wins are great to talk about. We finally have an offensive coordinator. We're going to hit it all on this podcast. We're going to, we'll go a little more in depth on the offensive coordinator hire and, uh, you know, episodes to come, but at least we're going to give our initial reaction for now. But first I do want to start with the, uh, basketball win, uh, Cowboys uh, pulled out a win against a pretty good South Carolina team. Uh, they were five and one in the SEC at the time, so this was a they were a team riding high, and Cowboys found a way to pull out a victory uh, with really essentially six guys getting all the minutes, you know, to find and every starter playing over thirty minutes. So this was a you know an impressive win on tired legs, and now they have a week off to take you know rest and relax as much as they can, and then hit it hard again next Saturday at home against Kansas State. But what were some of your initial thoughts uh, from the game? You know, obviously we have a win, so we're not having to fish for too many positives here. But what are you thinking? Well, I mean, the different, the biggest difference between this game and and Bedlam was, you know, they, they didn't blow everything in the first ten minutes. Right. You know, they they stayed consistent through the first, the, pretty much the whole first half. Yeah, they had a big, a good sized lead. South Carolina made a run. You know, you got it to five at halftime. The biggest thing, though, coming out of the half, South Carolina goes on a 6-0 run, takes the lead. Brian Boynton calls a timeout. And instead of crumbling, instead of, of, of playing pressure to rush, Cowboys come out and play well and take the lead back and build up another nice size lead throughout the second half. Like, you, you when you watched Bedlam, <clears throat> you just kind of knew once you got the lead, OSU was not going to get it back. Like they just, they weren't going to be able to overcome that. And that was kind of the concern with South Carolina. They start the second half on a 6-0 run. You're like, oh no, here we go again. We had a really nice first half, um, and they just don't have it. They just don't have it in them. And they, but they did. They did because they did it. They played on both sides of the ball. Offensively, they played really well. Defensively, they played really well. They just, it, it was a complete game performance, which is from everybody which is what you're going to have to get for this team to get wins is everybody's going to have to be on for the full game. That's really hard to do. And somehow they did it on Saturday. Yeah, they did. It, it was awesome to see, you know, there were, there were times that where, you know, I know Mike Boynton loves to play man-to-man defense and that's, you know, the way his philosophy, but playing that one, three, one zone eight saved their legs and B it took South Carolina out of, you know, it, forced them into a bunch of, you know, what they felt were easy shots, but they just shot a lot of threes and they kind of shot themselves out of the game at times where they'd have multiple pos- empty possessions the Cowboys were able to capitalize. And I really love the fact that we had Cam McGriff at the top of the one three one on, you know, a six foot two point guard at six, you know, he's at six eight. And they have Isaac Likely on the back playing the baseline, basically playing safety. And we saw that obviously uh, you know, where he stole the pass and then goes up to Cam for the the poster dunk. So I think we're going to see a lot more of that, but I think it's effective enough, especially with the length that Oklahoma State has, uh, especially from the starting five, that I think it could be really effective. 
Yeah, I mean, you had to know Boyan wasn't going to give up in a season. He's going to figure out ways to to make things work with what he's got. I think that's just how much does that tell you about him as a coach? Oh yeah. Like uh, on on my show this week on the ten twelve, like we're going to talk about Shaka Smart because Shaka Smart needs to be on the hot seat. Like that's a guy who gets top ten recruiting classes every year, and. They never look impressive at the end of close games. They just like I wouldn't trust Shaka Smart with seven scholarship players to to pull off a win like this. Mike Boynton, seven scholarship players. You you lost Trey Reeves. And I know Trey Reeves isn't a huge piece, but you lost Trey Reeves it's for the season. So it's lot. another thing on top of everything else. And you found a way to win. You found a way to play well enough and to win. I mean, McGriff played great defensively. He couldn't hit a three. I just it, everything about this game. You just watched this game and kept waiting. Can they get to the end of the game and and have enough left in the tank to hang on and win? And they they did. They figured it out. They got to the end of that game and they didn't they didn't crumble. They didn't fall apart. They didn't get too tired and, and collapse. They they found a way to win in this game. I give full credit to the team and full credit to Boynton. I mean, he did it. He did a heck of a job getting them ready for this game. There, my other concern coming in was what would the emotions be like after that bedlam loss where they had a big lead that they completely blew in an emotional game. You know, bedlam is such an emotional game because it's bedlam. Like that was a really tough way to lose that game. How would they come into this one emotionally? And I didn't. It never felt like what happened again in bedlam phased them at all in this game. Like it was, it was gone and out of their minds. They were focused on this game, and they just executed perfectly. Yeah, they, they definitely take on the mentality that Coach Boynton has, and they take it one game at a time, and they, you know, they just found a way to win a game that, you know, at every turn it felt like when was the run for South Carolina going to come, and every time South Carolina made a little push, Cowboys pushed back, and they were able to go on a little run of their own and just keep that lead and maintain it, and, you know, offensively, this, you know, I love the aggression that I was seeing from guys. Lindy Waters, where I, I love the guy, I and mean, he obviously is a sniper of a shooter right now, as hot as he's been. But we haven't seen him really be truly aggressive on the offensive end at times where he, you know, he'd have games where he'd only take six or seven shots. He had, he took 13 in this game. Now, granted, it wasn't his best shooting day, but he was still aggressive. And I love that. And those shots are going to keep falling. Thomas Azog was shooting threes from the logo and making them. Like when he is knocking down yeah. <laughs> three to four shots a game, like, you know, I watched him have a game earlier this year where he missed 12 threes in a row and he'd kept pulling because he just has that confidence and he shot five and nine from three today. And if you give him any space, that, that shot's going to go in. So when you have those two guys just knocking down shots, Cam is starting to slam Cam is back too. That was amazing. I about passed out when he put Finally. that dude on a poster. Oh. He put that dude on a poster and that was amazing. Then the alley-oop later in the game, like that was thunderous. And that's the kind of thing, you know, when you have these three upperclassmen that are leading the charge and playing as well as they are right now, this is some of the best basketball that Lindy Waters has played. Thomas Azog has played. Cam is getting back to what we saw, you know, at times last year where he could be a high-impact guy. And then Isaac Likely just does it on the defensive end. He's starting to find that shot every now and then and finds kind of starting to pick his times to really go to the rim and get fouled, get to the line, or just make the shot. But his ability to dime out and then get rebounds, get steals. He had three steals. He had three rebounds, six assists, seven points. I bet if you look at his plus minus, it's at least double digits. You know, my MVP of the game, I know we kind of we kind of talked about it with your and A. We were texting about it at least. This, to me, was the best game he played at Oklahoma State so far. 35 minutes, only three fouls. He really wasn't in any sort of foul trouble to begin with. 
11 rebounds, three blocks, and to have his impact on the floor for uh, that long in the game, it makes a difference. Like I said, he's maybe not blocking as many shots as we saw at the beginning of the season because we knew he could get away with it, but his ability to alter shots is so impressive, and he's so good. he's so far ahead of his time right now. I think I can't even imagine how good he's going to be even next year. You know, we're seeing the growth and maturity for some of these guys really early on. It's going to pay dividends, even if it means losing games this year. Yeah, Ana has been just honestly a little bit ridiculous. Like I, I no one I think expected him to be this good. Now, obviously, this is we're not talking national player of the year caliber, but he's played really well. He played a great game. Look, now he may follow this up on the next game with a with a a bad one. But we we now see exactly what he has in him. I mean, and, and he look he two or three from the free throw line. He's he's doing better for the free throw line, which is a big deal for him. I, I've been impressed by him so far, and continue to be and and continue to enjoy watching his maturation. You mentioned Lindy Waters, and I think people really need to realize how much more responsibility Boynton has put on him. I mean, I, I think of everyone out there. I feel like Lindy is the one Boynton has turned to the most and said, you're going to have to lead this team. Isaac likely may be the point guard. McGriff may be the stud. But I think Waters is the one who's supposed to really carry this team and I, of everyone. Now, I think it's affected his shooting. He was 5 of 13 from the from the court, 3 of 7 from 3, but he's 4 of 4 from free throw line. But he had 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals, 1 turnover, no fouls. That's a pretty good game. He and played with with how consistently a clean, he's handling the ball. Clean too. game. Yeah, he, he's mm-hmm, looked a lot mm-hmm, better and a mm-hmm. lot more confident handling the ball, which I love. We saw it at times last year where he had to out of foul trouble, and it was like you know we just prayed he could get the ball across half court without getting his pocket picked, and to only have one turnover yeah. as a primary ball handler, you know, even you know just in transition, man. The, I think this team could win a couple more games if we see more performances like that. And obviously it's going to take a whole team effort like what we saw, but we see the pieces that can come together for a win. You know, we see the formula now and we, it, they just have to find a way to replicate it. Now, are they going to not likely all the time, but I think this is something that we could see to, you know, maybe find a way to win a game. They should. Their biggest issue is just going to be by the end of the season, they're going to be tired. Oh, like no, this no. team's going to no, be no. exhausted by the end of the season. Um, Curtis Jones only played 19 minutes. That's that is weirdly impressive to me that they did this and only had him play 19 minutes. I think they're going to have as the late season gets on later, you're going to see him play more because they're going to need to have him play more. Uh, Demuth played eight minutes, hit both of his free throws. If you can get eight to 10 minutes of him and it doesn't hurt the team. Great. Luke major played a few minutes. Awesome. Like that's just, that's, that's what they're going to have to do. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I'm hoping Jones can, can, can continue to give them more. Um, he did handle the ball some, like we said, he probably was going to have to. Um, that, that, that For Lindy, they, he needs that break. Like Even being enough, he's going to be on the court, that's fine. But, it, but if you're the ball handler, you are always it, – it's so much different than just being on the floor uh, on offense as opposed to handling the ball. So I, if Jones can continue to do more for this team, that will only help them. Yeah, Again, this is there's this is not an NIT season. This is not an NCAA tournament season. Do they have chances for wins? 
I'm not going to get overly hyperbolic because they beat South Carolina. I'd said for weeks this is one of their best chance, last best chances for a win. I mean, even with only seven scholarship players, uh, South Carolina is not very good. Um, there are other best chances, honestly. The problem is you get you get a week off, and then Kansas State's coming in. Um, it all depends on which Kansas State team shows up. Is it the good one or the one that went to A&M on Saturday and lost? Um, if it's good Kansas State, I I I don't think OSU can 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 beat them. If it's offensively um, inept Kansas State, Oklahoma State can actually give them a real game on Saturday. Having a week off will give them the advantage. But the other problem is your other best chances for wins. Um, I don't know. West Virginia at home, the, it's the season finale. They're going to be exhausted. Yeah. They're going to be exhausted. At Baylor, you know, they, they, I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, Kansas hasn't been great on the road this season, but there's still Kansas. I, don't, I still don't know if I think TCU is good or not. They get a home game with them and a road game with them. I mean, I, yes. Do I think there's a couple of chances for Oklahoma State to get wins? Yes. But don't don't take this win and suddenly be like, oh, well, they're gonna they're gonna go win five or six more games. No, if they win two or three, if they win two more games, I will call that a win for this season with what they're having to deal with. Yeah, given all the circumstances, you take the win now. You see the formula for what can ha- you know what this team can do and how they can get wins. But the likelihood of it, them putting it all together consistently like this, given how many guys are actually on the team, it's just not realistic to think they can go and rattle off three or four in a row. I just I don't see that. But I at least think there's an opportunity to see at least two to three wins, you know, for the rest of the season. Now moving on here, so. <laughs> From you know, I, I was leaving the wrestling duel Oklahoma State uh, beat Iowa State earlier today. It was a pretty, it was a pretty fun match. But as I was leaving, I checked my phone because I was uh, live tweeting everything. To go back to my personal account, and I see from the clouds that uh, Oklahoma State signed, uh, you know, hired an offense coordinator that we had no idea he was even in consideration. So that that's just like completely on par with what Mike Gundy does. So it's you know a pretty. You know, pretty simple pick for him, I guess, to just find someone out of nowhere. But Seth, uh, Seth Gleason, uh, he is the offense coordinator from Princeton, is now the offense coordinator and quarterbacks coach for Oklahoma State. Uh, Philip, what was your, what are some of your initial thoughts on the hire? So uh, there is a comparison into Yersich and the fact that we did not see this guy coming. Um, and he's from a lower ranks. Now, Yersich was D3 from Shippensburg. Uh, Gleason is from Princeton, who is in Division Two. They're, they're, they're FCS. They're an FCS program. The reason you probably don't realize that is that uh, the Ivy League schools do not participate in the FCS playoff. So when people are actually paying attention to FCS, they're not playing. So they are an FCS program, um, which is a step above Division Three. The other thing about this is, uh, unlike your switch, where this was literally a who across social media, there are a good number of people, uh, as I watch the news come out and people react to it, who were excited about this hire, um, applauded, and and felt this hire was really strong. And when I started doing some Googling to search him, I mean, this is a guy that Miami, most importantly, or at least Miami fans were con- looking at as a possible uh, offensive coordinator for them before Dan Enos came over from Alabama. So this is, whereas Yursich was just, Gundy found a guy, this is someone I think people are more aware of, especially considering what Princeton has done the last two years. Um, we'll, we'll talk a bit more about this, but I, my reaction after having some time to kind of look into him is 
I I think Gundy did it again. Um, found a guy that kind of not who we expected. It wasn't internal. It wasn't Graham Harrell. It's Sean Gleason, and then uh, I think it. But I think it's a hire that's actually going to really work out. Yeah, I think this actually like the, the, my initial obviously was who because you just I just didn't think about it. But the, then I got home, started doing research, and I went, "Oh, this could work." Like I, you know, I think people across social media, at least in Oklahoma State Twitter, I think we can all at least agree on something that I think this is a really good hire, and for multiple reasons. If you haven't seen the stats or haven't looked into it, um, yeah. South, or Princeton averaged almost 540 yards of offense a game, 47 points a game. Um, really good rushing attack, good passing. But that, that was this year they had a little more of a dual threat quarterback, had more success with the run. Last year they had a true pro style guy that they could throw the ball with, and they had more success there. So I like the fact that at least his offensive scheme, there's so much variety there that you can have a guy that can sit back in the pocket, make all the throws, or you have a guy that can run. And I think that is going to be the key difference between. Him and Yursich, you know, him and Yursich is, I think Yursich's offense was too, not necessarily, one-dimensional is the wrong word, but I think it was just too fit for one style of quarterback. Yeah. Um, you know, the more I look at stuff about him, I've just, he was, it's, it is such an interesting hire. Like, what is it with Gundy with suddenly getting smart guys? You know, you, you get yeah. Jim Knowles last season for your DC. He's a Cornell guy. Now you get a guy who's coached at Princeton for the last six years. I just, it's such an interesting hire. And I, I'm really excited to dig more into him. I, I really do like, you made the point, you know, you had two different style quarterbacks and they put up points and numbers with both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm, there's something there's always something exciting about the guy you don't know and we don't know him. And I think we're all kind of, there's enough, you know, Pat Ford likes it. It's just, there's enough guys on social media. When you see the national guys all go, Oh, okay. We kind of, we like this. This is interesting. This is a good hire. This is fun. Um, I mean, that's literally what someone said. It's like Princeton is fun. Princeton is fun to watch. And I'm, that gets me excited. And from what digging I've done, like we're going to see, you know, we've all lamented the fact that the cowboy back hasn't really been used for a while. This guy, Gleason, likes to use tight ends. Like, he likes to have two tight end sets. Like, think about that for a second. If you remember the last time Oklahoma State ran a two tight end set, Princeton literally ran a play with three quarterbacks on the field, with two of them at different positions other than quarterback. Fantastic. Like, I'm not saying Gundy's going to let him do all the wild and crazy things that he did at Princeton. Obviously not. But this is a guy who I think is really creative. I think likes to have fun running offense. I think this is going to be... There's a new level of excitement now for next season that there wasn't, or maybe there wouldn't have been had it been Hinton or Dunn, or yeah. you know what I mean. And and, and there's nothing. It's not a knock on Hinton or Dunn. Um, I think there's a there's a the the excitement of the unknown, and once we all start digging more into Princeton and and, and watching some tape and seeing whatever this fun offense everyone kept describing. I think there's going to be a new level of, of excitement about what Oklahoma State is going to look like next year. Yeah, I just kind of started salivating thinking of the fact we're going to have a two tight end set with Grayson Boomer and Jelani Woods on the field at the same time. That's going to be still my heart. Oh, man. Oh, 
that that's just awesome. Like I I'm lo- I love high flying, you know, fun, you know, wide open offenses, but there's just something about throwing the ball to the tight end that just works. I mean, you saw what OU does with what did with yeah. Mark Andrews. He was always wide open. <laughs> like uh-huh. always. And if we can get a guy that can implement that into the offense to complement what Tylen Wallace is going to do on the outside and what Chuba Hubbard's going to do in the backfield, like I think this is going to open up the offense so much more. And we may not see a true cowboy back anymore with what we've seen, but if we can get two, if we can run two tight end sets and just, I don't even care if we play joyless murder ball. Like if we just get the ball to them or let them, whatever. I'm really fascinated as to what's going to happen here. Now I haven't watched a ton of tape. I've seen some clips. And if you haven't seen an article, there's an article that was written by Miami's SB Nation site that did a whole kind of a breakdown of what he does on offense and you know, scheme fits and things like that. So if you ever get the chance to read that, that's a really good look into it. We're gonna, I'm going to try and do a little bit more of an in-depth breakdown. Obviously, the tape doesn't lie, guys. Adam Watt and Mitch Gift are going to do a breakdown here at some point, and I'm sure they're going to have a ton of fun with that. If you want to listen to some really smart guys, listen to them too. So we're going to have a lot more on this. I'm Like I said, we're both – I'm – fascinated by what this is going to be and what this is going to end up being i'm really excited to go to the spring game now that's for sure even if it's super vanilla stuff i at least get to get a little bit of a sneak peek yeah we'll we'll talk about the spring game here in my final thought okay what do you got Uh, i i got unless you have any more thoughts here i'm just fascinated by what we're about to do with this no i'm very excited by this i it if there is anything you should trust Gundy to do, it's to hire offense coordinators. I, if you don't like Yurcich, fine, whatever. Is he perfect? No. But Gundy knows how to hire coaches. He knows how to hire offensive coordinators. This should be fun. You know what? Let me one final note on, on Gleason that I think impresses me. The one thing I did not think oh, that Gundy would do would be hire a young guy who may only be here for two or three seasons because Gundy wants consistency. Yurcich was in Stillwater for, what, six years? Yeah, six years. Gleason is a big enough name already, even out of FCS, of other people who have looked at him, that if he does well at OSU, I'm not sure Gle- – Gleason's not going to stick around. If he does well, he's not going to be in Stillwater for six years. He feels like a guy who's going to get a head coaching job within three or four. So I am, I'm, I'm proud of Gundy for going the young route. Um, that is That excites me um, because I think youth matters on the recruiting trail. So I'm um, I'm just I'm excited to see what this guy does. I'm excited to see what he does with Drew Brown and Spencer Sanders and and Brandon Costello and whoever else they bring. For, I'm just this is going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Oh man, you, you mentioned those three quarterback sets. Can we can we get uh, Spencer Sanders in a rocket motion, pitch to him, and then throw down to Tywin? Would I just I think I just pass out if that happened. No, just get all three on the field at the same time. Screw like, it. I'm just, serious. There's a Princeton play where they had all three quarterbacks on the field at the same time at different positions. I love it. <laughs> that's that's amazing. Just stick it and have that with with Jelani Woods on the field at the same time. Like it may not work, but just stick it in my veins. That's four. That's four quarterbacks on the field. That's two dude. That's four dudes that can sling it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so what what was your final thought here on the spring game? I'm curious what you're where you're going with this. Okay, so they have not announced the date of the spring game as of yet. Now, I am a uh, – this past Sunday uh, was, remember, the 10. It was the anniversary of, of the 10 people killed in the plane crash. Um, obviously, it was a somber day, Saturday. Um, they were honored at the basketball game, as we always do. And every spring, come April, 
they have the remember the 10 run it's 5k to 10k they do early in the morning on a saturday i've run it multiple times it's a great run if you enjoy running if you like to run i suggest you do it it is around and through campus it's a fantastic event it's always a great showing and it just it always feels kind of nice to do just just because of what it's for, because it benefits to water. And on, and, and it really sets up for what can be an amazing spring day in Stillwater. You have a run in the morning, which I've done. You go to Joe's, treat yourself to some, some cheese fries and some beer. After you've run 10K, you deserve it. And most of the time, the spring game will be scheduled that day. So you get your nice morning run. You have your Joe's. You go watch some spring football for a few hours. And then in the day with... Uh, a softball or a baseball game, usually at home. There's usually some other team um, playing on that day. That would be the perfect day in Stillwater. Now, like, I'm last year, all in on that. Yeah, last year the the spring game was not the same day as the run, and it's not the first time that that has somehow happened. The run is scheduled far in advance. This year's run is on Saturday, April twentieth. It's a 13th annual run. On that day, on that Saturday, is the third and final game of a three-game series with Texas in Stillwater. That's at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It would be a grave disservice if Mike Gundy and the football staff do not schedule the spring game that day as it should be. To me, it should always be the run, the spring game, and something else because if you're an OSU fan and you want to go to the run or you want to go to the spring game, be able to have all that in one day. Maybe you don't like the run, but you like the spring game. You can watch the baseball game. Maybe you want to just watch the run in the race or go watch someone run in the race and watch the spring game. But that's a full day of three fantastic things for OSU fans to go do in April. I love that. I yeah, really I hope they put it back idea. where it belongs this year. It wasn't there last year. I hope this year that the spring game is back where it belongs on the Saturday with the run. I'll be really sad if it's not. Because if it is, I have a good, I have a pretty good shot. I think I can I can get out there for all three. Mind you, I'm, I'm about to have a baby, so it's everything is play by ear. But I think it would be a huge disservice to Oklahoma State fans for them not to be on that Saturday. Yeah, I've never been able to go to the spring game. I've always had events or something that Saturday that I had to attend, so it was always frustrating. So I just you know watch the highlights online. But this is so I'm hoping this is finally the year, you know, a couple weeks before I graduate that I can actually go to the spring game and enjoy it and just watch some football in the middle of April. And that just you know just will get you going just enough. But it's also just enough of a tease. We know that football is still we still have until the middle of the uh, middle of the end of August to even watch a true game. But you know, yeah, yeah. I just it can be it can be a really fun thing to do. Oh, yeah, I'm glad we can just talk about football now. There's there's stuff to talk about. You know, we, new hire, we can learn even more. We will at least be able to talk about football for a little bit longer on the podcast here. So that's good. Yep. All right, I think that wraps this one up. Philip, where can everyone follow you on Twitter? Follow me personally at OKTXARPOKE. You can follow my show, the 1012 Podcast, at T-E-N, the number 12, the word podcast. We are going to have a couple episodes this week. One is Shaka Smart should be on the hot seat. Another one is Big 12 football coach cage matches. Who do you want to see? Oh, that's that's good. Uh, I'll need to listen to that one Thank you. Sure. Thank you. Well done there. All right, you can follow me at JT Penfield. Be sure to follow the main site at Cowboys RFF. Also follow uh, – 
you're a Royals fan at Royals Farm Report, we had an episode go up on Friday previewing our uh, preseason rankings. Top 10 rankings are coming out on the site this week, so be sure to check that out. And uh, we will see everyone Wednesday with a little bit more uh, information about Sean Gleason, the new offensive coordinator, and we will uh, see you all then. Have a good one.